0: On today's episode of the John Campia Show podcast, Ray Nostradamus, as predicted, the Squid Game The Challenge is going to be getting sort of weekly releases on Netflix. We will be remembering the icon Richard Roundtree, who's passed away at the age of 81. Apple TV has raised its prices for the second time in just a year. By 50%, we'll discuss that also. There's a report going around that Spider-Man 4 not only is a locked deal, but that Tom Holland's and Day is all returning is going to start shooting in 2024. The Marvels now officially has released its runtime, and it is now the shortest MCU film ever. And Jonathan Majors just had a major defeat in court. We're going to be talking about that and a whole bunch more. The John Cavie Show podcast starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show on the Planet Earth. The John Campbell Show podcast coming to you from right here at Hogwarts. I am, of course, your host, John Potter, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gathered around us. we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming and all sorts of good stuff, not just giving you our opinions, but giving you background information and context so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different from ours. Uh, joining us over here is Ray Muggle-Ora. Ray, oh, how you okay. doing? Okay, Dumble, John. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Voiko's goes here. Hello. Writer, director, producer Robert Meyer-Burnett is here. I feel like Snape today, John. <laughs> you know a black wig? You you could pull it off. You could yeah. pull off a of Snape. And uh, most importantly... You guys are here. Thanks so much for being here, making the show part of your day. Here's how the show is going to go. We're going to start off by talking about those topics that I listed off. Then in the last part of the show, we're going to take your comments and questions. We've already asked our beloved YouTube channel members earlier in a private YouTube channel member's post to send in some topics. We'll discuss those. But also, if you guys are watching live right now, you can use the Super Chat feature to send in a topic or question. And if your topic or question is appropriate for us to address on the show, we'll talk about it near the end. I also want to remind you guys that this show is primarily done as a podcast. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now, make sure you also subscribe to it on your favorite podcast feed. Just search for the John Show podcast, find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app of choice. All right, guys, with all that down, let's get things started with this. Squid Game, the challenge, the new game show reality show based on the maybe the most popular Netflix series of all time, Squid Game. They dropped their first trailer the other day. And even I, as somebody who has not been excited about this show, must admit it really got me interested and kind of hooked in. Well, during our discussion about that, Ray Aura threw out a prediction. He said, Netflix isn't going to drop this all at once. He said, they're going to re- do this as a week re- release. And he's kind of right. This comes to us from Digital Spy, who write the following. Squid Game The Challenge has confirmed its release schedule with Netflix revealing that the reality show will air over a three-week period. In a new update, Netflix has confirmed that the episodes will be released on a weekly basis from November 22nd until December 6th, with the 10 installments, 10 episodes, being split across the three-week period. It is currently unknown how many parts will air on each date. So, clearly it's probably going to be, I'm guessing it's going to be four, three, and three, or four, four, and two, or, you know, something along those lines. Now, this is not new for Netflix. Uh, Netflix has kind of been playing around with these partial split-up releases. Of course, traditionally, Netflix just you know, a season of TV's coming out, they drop the entire season all at once, right? That's their tradition. But they've been playing in recent years, with splitting things up. They did that with the final season of Lucifer. They did that with the last uh, season of Stranger Things. They've also taken a couple of series and experimented with the weekly releases. Uh, I believe Arcane was also another one of those. By the way, my all-time favorite animated show, Arcane. They believed, I believe they dropped that in three installments. So they're going to do this with Squid Game. And it makes sense, right? You want to build up anticipation and drama and then let people stew on it, talk about it, buzz about it for a week and then drop the next set of episodes. You know, Rob, I've been saying for a long time that I believe it is inevitable. Netflix will ultimately, whether it takes 2 more years, 3 more years, 4 more years. They're ultimately going to be going to a weekly release thing. All the stats have just proved yeah. that works better. Was this the right kind of show to take this approach with? What do you think?
1: Well, I think it is because obviously this is a competition show and and by definition who's going to win is built into the appeal of a program like this. Yeah. So if you were to drop it all at once, you know, uh, people would watch the last show just <laughs> to spoil it. Right. That's the first thing that they would do. <laughs> and I think that, you know, for Netflix, this is like an eternity to string it out. You know, yeah. it's as opposed to making it all just bingeable at once. And I, I do think, John, this has the potential. I mean, I, I really want to see it. It has the potential to be a water cooler show. I think people are going to get really into it. I think people are going to watch this and they're going to be like, who's going to win? They're going to have favorites. They're going to talk about it. At least now they can stretch that excitement out for a couple of weeks because how much value does this show have in six months or a year from now? Right. Once everyone knows who wins. I mean, are people? it's going to be really interesting. I mean, they'll never release the analytics, but it'd be interesting to see in, a, in, a, in six months or a year, what was the drop off like once people know the results are they, and, and once it's out who did win, will people still stick with it and watch the whole thing to the end?
0: See, it, well, that will all depend on how good the show is yeah, and, absolutely. and how engaged, how it unravels it. But I, while I think this is the right move for them, I actually still think it's a little bit of a missed opportunity. Because when you're doing this reality-based game show based on the most popular thing you've ever put out, I really think they should have done this over more than just three weeks. Maybe five weeks. I have I, uh, two episodes 100%. at a time. Because I yep. think I think as close to a guaranteed hit as you can get, I think this show is going to be a guaranteed hit for them.
1: Uh, I do too. And and I think, you know, what's interesting is the conversation around this, this is the kind of thing that garners subscribers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Once you start hearing the conversation around what's going on, and, oh, my God, you should see it, blah, 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 people are going to be like, oh, I guess I have to subscribe. And even though, you know, churn is going to be a, a, a probably the norm when it comes to streaming, to know that, this kind of thing can generate, I mean, I can't imagine a show that would get more subscribers than this. The, the, if it's
2: good. Did, did they give a reason why just the three weeks? Nope. Is there something? Because you know what? The, one of the best parts about a show like this is if it's good, after the first episode, you get a week to talk about it. Yeah. yeah uh, that, get, that's a uh, big thing. Spread the word. It starts building up. And then people are like, oh, maybe I got to subscribe and see this.
0: You know what I mean? Maybe they churn. To Netflix for <laughs> turn to Netflix, but but this is this is consistent with Netflix's philosophy that uh, apparent philosophy of crawl, then take baby steps, then walk, then run. Because remember, they they kind of did the same thing with Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel, right? Like instead of going full fledged, which maybe they should have, but instead of going full fledged theatrical releases, which is not something they normally do, they kind of went halfway. They gave it a, a two, what was that? A two week release or something like that. And with stuff like this, I think we're going to see them for a year or two or maybe even three doing these half measured. Like we've gone all at once. Let's slowly build up. I don't necessarily agree with that philosophy, but it's the philosophy has its merits. Hey, I, I go back to
2: the problem that uh, when wrestling was really popular, what they had, they had raw one week, right? And then you had to wait for the next one. Then they added SmackDown and then you kind of felt oversaturated during the week because they had SmackDown and then another show on Saturday. I'm I i I'm scared that, that that's going to happen with this show. In three weeks, you have three episodes during that week. Where's the excitement in between? Well,
0: I mean, it's building up to it, though, right? Because right, right, right. you do have an, a winner at the end, so it's all going to be like, let's see if this uh, thing works for them. I, I absolutely think it's the right move compared to just dropping it all at once. I kind of think they should have spread out a little bit more, but let's see how well it works out for them. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to this. In some sad news, uh, Hollywood has truly lost an icon. And maybe the term icon is a little overused sometimes, but it's not here. Richard Roundtree has passed away at the age of 81. This comes to us from the folks over at Variety who write the following. They said this. Richard Roundtree, an icon of exploitation film who starred as Detective John Shaft in Gordon Park's 1971 action thriller, died Tuesday afternoon after a short battle with pancreatic cancer. He was 81 years old. His death was confirmed by Patrick McMinn, his manager since 1987. He said, Richard's work and career served as a turning point for African-American leading men in film, McMinn said in a statement. The impact he had on the industry... Cannot be overstated. Rob, I don't think there is an ounce of exaggeration in what he just said. When I've seen a lot of, for instance, just black actors over the years and talking about their career sometimes, I've lost count how many times Richard Roundtree's name has been referenced when talking about inspiration, people that have forged the way, laid the groundwork, all that kind of stuff. You go back to 1971, which It was before I was born, but you go back to that time and like to have a megastar like that emerge. And he kind of became the face also of an entire genre of cinema in many ways and became an inspiration for generations and generations, so much so that even when, you know, Samuel Jackson did his Shaft movies, when he popped up in there, I remember being in the movie theater, there was a big pop in the audience when he showed up. Uh, Talk a little bit about, you know, Richard Roundtree, the impact he's made on the industry and ultimately the legacy he's left behind.
1: Well, I got to tell you, I, I first saw Shaft because I don't know how my dad was not a guy who went to the movies. But somehow he saw Shaft in the theater. And, and it, it, it was a while. I mean, Shaft was I was really young when it first came out. But my dad, when Shaft was on TV somehow or whatever, we saw it. And I got to say that just because hearing my dad, I thought Captain Kirk was very cool growing up. He was my favorite fictional character. But when I first saw Shaft and listening to my dad's enthusiasm, I'm like, John Shaft is, is just as cool as captain Kirk. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, and you know, there were three shaft movies and a lot of people don't know. There was a short lived, uh, shaft television series, series yeah. that you can get on physical media on Warner I think archive, like
0: seven episodes or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Warner archive puts, put it out. You can get it, but you know, Roundtree had a long – he was a, a guest star on every television show under the sun. And I – I, I He was
0: even was, on Love Boat.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He was – I just uh, – you know, I wish that he had more of a leading man. Like, he, he stayed kind of in television. He popped up in a lot of movies too. Yeah. But he never had – he never was able to, I think, parlay the three Shaft movies into – the kind of career he should have had. He should have been the Sam Jackson of the seventies and the eighties in movies. But dude, I remember going to see Larry Cohen's original Gangsters when they brought back like Fred Williamson and Pam Greer and Richard Roundtree. I went and saw that at the Cinerama. It opened at the Cinerama. I was so excited to see it. I went to the first show. And there was only like five people in the theater in the <laughs> cinorama. but it was one of the greatest movie-going experiences of my life because all five of us were there for the right reasons. And every time, I mean, nobody had a better intro than uh, Fred Williamson does in that movie. But it was so cool to see him. I mean, people were like Shaft. He wasn't. He wasn't Shaft because they couldn't say that. But you know, kind of was. And it was awesome. And I, I, he, whenever he was in, he was in, um, a a movie. Or a TV show, he classed up the joint. And my friend Darren Scott, who produced the movie Menace to Society and made oh. the Tales from the Hood movies, he put a thing on his Facebook page yesterday, and he said that he was – I, I, I want to say he was at like Musso and Frank's or something. He was at a restaurant, and he saw Richard Roundtree. And he was able to go up, and, and Darren's, Darren's a black producer, and he said, you know, he got to say to him, without what you did in the early 70s, without the, the ceiling that you shattered – I would not have the career I have today. Mm. And I thought, you know, that was it. At that time in the early 70s, he stood as a beacon. I mean, he was the coolest MFR in movies. And yeah. he had the
0: greatest theme song. He really did. He really did. Uh, so again, for those of you just finding out Richard Roundtree, Ram- a, a, a true, you know, move the needle icon in our industry passes away at the age of 81. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this, shall we? Apple TV Plus is one of the newest entrants into the Battle Royale of streaming services, one of the newest entrants into the streaming wars, if you will, the Hunger Games of streaming. But they made a very quick and immediate impact. They've been putting out ridiculous amounts of high-quality shows, some of the absolute best shows out there. And they've done it when they came out of the gate at a price of $4.99. Now, a year ago, a little under a year ago, they raised that price to $6.99. And, well, you knew they weren't done because they've raised the prices again. And it's not just, not just a, a small raise. It's like a 50% raise in their price. This comes to us from the folks over at Variety who write the following. Apple has hiked the price of its Apple TV Plus streaming service for the second time in a year. The tech giant updated the pricing info for Apple TV Plus along with its Apple Arcade and Apple News Plus subscription services and Apple One bundles on its website Wednesday. The new price of Apple TV Plus is $9.99 a month in the U.S., up from $6.99. Uh, previously. The annual price is increasing from $69 a year to $99 per year. Existing subscribers will see the price increase 30 days later on their next billing renewable date. All right. Streaming service increases prices is a headline that is basically coming every week now. But I mean, we can't be surprised, right? Like we all knew a long time ago that the price of streaming services was only going to go up and and especially Apple TV plus because Apple TV plus came out at a ridiculously low price at 4.99 five bucks a month it has now officially doubled up to 10.99 a month or uh, 9.99 a month 10 dollars a month i will say this about it while as a consumer i am getting fatigued of Getting every other week or every week a story about this streaming provider's now upping its prices and what what you have you, the reality is, Apple TV Plus is probably one of the best streamers out there when you go bang for your buck. And the other reality is, even with this significant price increase, they're still one of the cheapest games in town. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take away the ad-supported tier from a couple of the services, they are by far the cheapest game in town. I mean, they're half the price of Netflix. They're less than HBO. I mean, they don't have as much content as a couple of those other streamers, for sure. But they have real quality content. Ted Lasso, Severance, Morning Show, uh, Shrinking, Um, for all mankind. I mean, on and on and on. I mean, they have just put out banger after banger after banger show, and they've done a really good job. I still would have liked to have seen them raise their prices more incrementally, like little bit by little bit by little bit. Literally one year and one day ago, the price was half of what it is now today. And again, still a value, still cheaper than any of the other major players, but Guess what? And this isn't going to surprise you guys watching. It ain't going to end at $9.99. At some point, it's going to go up to $12.99 and then $15.99. And the reality, Rob, here is, and this is going to be hard for a lot of us to get, but at $10.99, they're probably still operating at a loss. Probably. But at any rate, you see the price increase here. What's your reaction to it? And and how have you been feeling about Apple TV Plus as a service overall up till now?
1: Uh, Well, first of all, over the past year, I would spend $100 a year just to get For All Mankind and Foundation based on the second season of Foundation. Oh,
0: yeah, and I forgot about Foundation. Um, so
1: Just what? those two shows. As a matter of fact, to be honest, I would pay $100 a year to get For All Mankind. Mm. If they've talked about it, it could go eight seasons. If they said there's no more, we can't make more For All Mankind unless you kick in 100 bucks, it would be worth it to me to do that. That's how much I like the show. Um, and I think that they're, you know, what is the name? The Taron Egerton, he went into prison. Oh, uh, Black, Blackbird? Blackbird. Blackbird, that was incredible. Yeah, I loved that show, and well, that was like a six-episode miniseries. Severance. I mean, the shows that are on Apple are all, I think, worthy. They're they're top-tier television.
0: And and Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso completely out. took over pop culture. Uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And and the stuff that they're, I don't know anyone who's in development or who works for whoever decides what shows they make at Apple, you've got killers of the flower moon, which is going to go live maybe to live on paramount plus. I don't think so, but I think it's going to go because Apple paid for it. I love the series. I love the the streaming service. I love the way it looks, you know, they figured out how to make sure their shows look incredible. uh, Even though they're streaming, Uh, they made for all mankind did come out on physical media I wish it came out in 4K, but whatever. Uh, I I love there. I and they are, I will pay for Apple no matter what they charge me. I I I, I guess that makes me a sucker.
2: <laughs> Isn't Napoleon Apple TV Plus too? I believe I it, it is. is. I think Apple is the producer um, behind that. Yeah. I gotta say nine. I mean, it's gonna be
0: theatrical right, first. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: Nine ninety nine is is my it's fine. I don't mind, you know, I don't yeah. mind the nine. It's fine because Godzilla is coming to the series. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's a smart move, from them, Nine ninety nine is probably my limit. If they go over, it's when they, it gets to the $15 range yeah. where I really needs to start uh shuffling things, churning <laughs> things. So, um, no, I, 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 this is, this is fine to me. I always thought they should be more expensive. It was like,
0: it, it's, it's worth it. I think. But that raises a good question though. Like, at, like, we're all basically saying, okay, hey, listen, even at 10 bucks a month, it's cheaper than all the other players. They have great stuff, blah, blah, blah. But, and I'm glad you started to bring this up, Ray. At what point do we start to say, now it's getting pricey? Eleven ninety nine. dollars 99 <laughs> Like, I, I, I'm with Ray. I would pay, I think right now, because you, as good as Apple TV Plus is, you do have to, they all also have probably the smallest library right, right. now, Right. I would probably be willing to go to 15 bucks a month on it. But if they start going over 15 bucks a month, That's where I'm going to have to start questioning. Where does it live in my must-have streaming services list?
2: I would drop everything else if they if they went up to 15, and I actually I would drop everything else I had just to just keep Apple for right now. That's the way I feel about the service.
1: And I would, uh, John, I think that the the cost of what they're doing, Killers of the Flower Moon, being 200 million. I don't know how much Napoleon costs. And Godzilla can't be cheap. Godzilla can't be cheap. I'll bet you their production they hit like a billion or two billion or three billion. They've hit a number of they hit a number where they're like oh our shareholders are going to look at this and go they're going to want some kind of return we can't just make whatever we want so they're they're being responsible
0: they also recently announced that Apple TV Plus is committing two billion dollars a year to theatrical releases yeah I I can't even fathom what that's going to look like but two billion a year to theatrical releases so you know they're still operating at a loss but we'll see how that goes All right, guys With that all down, we still got to talk about these reports that Spider-Man 4 with a re-signed Tom Holland is moving forward in the upcoming year. Marvel's is now officially the shortest MCU film in history. Jonathan Major suffers a couple of big setbacks in court. But before we get to those, we're going to take just a quick second here and thank a couple of great sponsors of today's episode. Our friends, we love these guys at Masterclass and the makers of the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn, Vessi. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Guys, you know, as a small business owner, I am finding myself having to be in negotiations all the time, whether it's with new contractors, vendors, or even agencies that represent our company. Now, I don't like to go into these negotiations unarmed, so I found the perfect class on Masterclass, The Art of Negotiation by Chris Voss, a real-life former FBI lead hostage negotiator. Taking this class on Masterclass made me feel a lot more equipped and confident going into all these various negotiations. I have to do on a regular basis. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best, anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. An annual membership starts at just $10 a month and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insight, and much more. There are over 180 classes to pick from, everything from filmmaking with Martin Scorsese all the way to cooking with the great Gordon Ramsay. In Masterclass, you will find practical lessons that you can apply. To your life and work. So, guys, get unlimited access to every class. And right now, as a John Campia show listener, you can get 15 off when you go to masterclass.com/campia. That's masterclass.com/campia for 15 off an annual membership. Masterclass.com/campia. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of this video. Vessi, now you guys know I'm not exactly the most fashion conscious guy in the world, but I love a great pair of shoes that are comfortable and I can wear almost anywhere. And growing up in Canadian winters when my feet got wet a lot, waterproof would be nice too. Enter Vessi. They make the claim that they're not just fashionable and super comfortable, they're also waterproof. Now, you guys remember, when I got my first pair of Vessis, I put them to the ultimate waterproof test. I actually stuck my foot in my pool, my feet stayed dry, and the shoes stayed dry. Incredible. And they're the most comfortable pair of shoes I ever owned. Well, that made me want another pair. So I got another pair of Vessis that look great and just equal that world-class comfort that I got from that first pair shoes. They are absolutely my favorite shoes that I've ever owned. Imagine your favorite sneaker style, supercharged with waterproof technology and unmatched comfort. No matter how you like to stay active, Vessi has the shoes for you. Trail-ready high tops, effortless slip-ons, and classic court shoes, all with a waterproof twist. They are just as comfortable and stylish as your favorite sneakers, but even more versatile. So guys, if you're anything like me and you want the most comfortable pair of shoes that look great, that you can take out hiking, wear to work, go to the gym or walk through the water and snow, go to Vessi.com slash Campia and get yourself a pair today. Go to Vessi.com slash Campia and get 15% off your order using the code Campia. And thank you to our friends at Masterclass and Vessi for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, with that down, Let's move on to this, shall we? A report is going around right now that not only is a Spider-Man 4 on the way, but that Tom Holland has re-upped and signed on for new films and we could be getting it, as a matter of fact, sooner you think they could be going into production on it in 2024. And that is the topic of today's Mint Mobile Hotline Question of the Day. Listen, guys, if you've got a question for the show and like to hear your voice on it, go ahead and call our hotline number anytime, 24-7 at 951-268-4259. We pick out one or two every day, and today's is about that Tom Holland rumor. Check it out. Hey, John and crew. This is Scala from North Carolina, As you guys have probably seen by now, there's rumors going around that Spider-Man 4 could start production in late 2024, and that apparently Tom Holland signed a new deal for a new trilogy of films, along with
2: other appearances in the MCU. My question is, if this is true, when the actor
0: strike gets resolved, when do you think Sony and Marvel would announce this? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, Skyler, thanks a lot for calling that in. And yeah, to his point, there are these reports going around about the Spider-Man 4 getting some motion. As a matter of fact, this comes from the folks over at Superhero Hype who write the following. The fourth Tom Holland-led Spider-Man film is reportedly set to begin filming late next year. Insider Daniel Richmond has shared on his Patreon via Twitter that Marvel and Sony are targeting a late 2024 production star for the Spider-Man for Spider-Man 4, which will reunite Tom Holland with co-stars Indea and director John Watts. Spider-Man 4 is expected to pick up after the events of No Way Home. The film ended with Peter moving into his first apartment and resuming his vigilanteism wearing a new comics accurate Spider-Man suit. I still think, as much as I like that movie, that my favorite part of that movie was the fact that he got rid of the damn Iron Spider outfit. And that was a big thing of joy to me. All right, look, uh, first of all, I need to point this out. This is not coming from one of the top line outlets. All right? This story is not coming from Variety, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, what have you. It's not coming from any of the top line sources. All right? It's coming from an online person who's got connections to def- definitely a good track record, good reputation, often right, sometimes wrong, whatever. But I just want to set the context for this story, that this needs to be taken with a grain of salt, all right? That being laid out. I don't think there's anybody in the sacred timeline that hasn't believed that another installment of the Sony directed, but Marvel-produced Spider-Man series with Tom Holland was coming. I mean, we talked about this before. Even last year when Tom Holland was making these comments, oh, maybe it's time to let somebody else play. It's like, who are you trying to kid? You're not done playing this. You're not done playing this whatsoever. It hasn't really helped that all the other stuff that Tom Holland has tried to do has not really worked out so far. I mean, he, what was, I almost wanted to call it Rosebud. It wasn't Rosebud. Was that? Cherry. Cherry, thank you. Cherry was (laughs) Rosebud, Rosebud. Cherry Rosebud was terrible. He's done a couple things that haven't really... He's got that Fred Astaire thing coming, which I actually am interested yeah, in. Yeah, me too. Um, he, of course, did Uncharted, which I know yeah. Ray really enjoyed. Yeah. Ray liked that one a lot. I thought it had its upside. I didn't I didn't love the thing, but I thought it had some upside. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think anybody doubted this was going to come. Now, I do bring a couple things into question here, though. They're saying the targeting a late 2024 production start date Okay, that's great and everything. But we've basically had now, for actors only, over three months, going into our fourth month here pretty soon. And with the writers, five months, six months, the entire schedule of Hollywood right now is thrown into chaos. So everything that was supposed to be going into production in the last three or four months, that's all going to have to get picked up at some point. It's going to be a massive, massive rat race to see who can get crews and who can get locations and who can get casts together to actually shoot in 2024 because there is going to be a mad race to gobble up crews and gobble up casts and all that kind of stuff so maybe 2024 yes maybe 2024 no as far as the tom holland involvement no duh of course zendaya obviously Uh, John Watts returning is one that caught my eye a little bit because with his success on the the first three Spider-Man films, and he's doing Star Wars now, you kind of figure that he might be thinking it's time for me to move on and go do other things. If they do indeed get him back, that's actually as exciting to me as Tom Holland coming back because he's one of the prime reasons I think those three Spider-Man films work so well. Anyway, Rob, you heard about this report, these rumors going around. I think we all believed it before these reports came out. And again, this report needs to be taken with a grain of salt. How important do you think it is for Marvel to continue on with this Spider-Man character that John Watts returns, that Tom Holland returns? How do you evaluate all this?
1: Well, I mean, obviously the box office for no way home doesn't lie. (laughs) One of the biggest
0: films of all time.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that was such a, that was a big swing. I thought, you know, the two, the, all three Spider-Man coming together, was it was a risk, you know? People could say it wasn't, but it really was because it could have been a disaster. It was not. I really I enjoyed the film quite a bit. Uh, it, I think it was a marvel that it got made. Oh, and, oh, sorry, oh, I know oh, that's oh, oh, <laughs> who, that was low hanging fruit. I'm marvel. sorry, but but you know, I think that Tom Holland is really perfect casting as Peter Park. Really is, and and he whether the movies are as strong as you want them to be, and I think for, I think they've been a little overstuffed. I would like to see Tom Holland really become the focus front and center. Like you've always said, now that the Iron Man suit's gone, I would love to see a movie, Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. I could see them calling it that because now he's gone back to his roots. Um, but I, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer, dude. I mean, it, 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 if there's, if there's a, a risk-averse Hollywood, if there's one thing you could put your money on, John Watson, Spider-Man, and Tom Holland, that's, that's about as risk-averse as you can get.
0: And you got to know that the two major players involved here, Sony and Marvel, you know they're both probably be very bullish on this. Yeah. Sony would love to see this return. This has been incredibly lucrative for them. Marvel, it's obviously, like Spider-Man's become, I mean, Spider-Man is arguably the most popular Marvel character, period. I'm not talking about MCU, but I mean, he's- maybe arguably the most popular comic book character in the world, depending. I mean, obviously you got to compare that to Batman and Superman as well, but he's right up there, if not at the top spot. So this is something, and it's, it's you don't want to reboot it again for a third time in one generation. So this seems to make a lot of sense to me. Uh, now, as far as the question that Skyler asked, when would they announce this? I wouldn't expect that they would announce anything until maybe summer of 2024 maybe at a comic con or some or a brazilian festival or something like that but i don't see there being any need to announce something like this when even right now we we'd be if this report is real a still a full year away from when they even start rolling cameras
1: also we're still in an actor strike yeah and the last thing they're going to do is announce something like this in the middle of the actor strike
0: yeah and so. i don't even see them announcing it shortly after the actor strike is done so there's all that All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to this, shall we? The Marvels is coming out here in just a few weeks. And we we talked yesterday about the fact that they just put out their most alarming uh, news that the review embargo wasn't going to lift for until the day before the movie comes out. To me, that's a giant red flag. But whatever. I enjoy the first Captain Marvel movie. I like it. I'm having my doubts about this one. They haven't done a great job with the marketing campaign. And some of you might remember about a month or so ago, there was a a report that went out that suggested that the runtime of the Marvels was going to come in at like one hour and 46, one hour and 47 minutes, which would have made it if the rumors were true, the shortest Marvel film ever. Well, it's now official. The Marvels is going to be the shortest MCU film by a little bit, as a matter of fact. This comes from the folks over at CBR who wrote the following. Via the film's listing on AMC, that's the movie theater, not the uh, online network... It's now officially confirmed that the Captain Marvel sequel will run for one hour and 45 minutes, breaking The Incredible Hulk and Thor The Dark World's joint record of one hour and 52 minutes as the shortest MCU movie ever made. Disney's confirmation also follows up reports from insiders about the runtime, which is 19 minutes less than Captain Marvel, which was two hours and four minutes. So... A seven minute, like when you usually when these types of records get broken, it's by like a minute, two minutes, whatever. This is a full like seven minutes shorter than what was the shortest. As a matter of fact, when we go over and look at what the five shortest MCU films have been up till now, we get this. Ant-Man was one hour and 57 minutes. The original Kenneth Branagh Thor movie, one hour and 55. The first Doctor Strange was also 155. Then Thor, the Dark World and the Incredible Hulk at one hour and 52 minutes. And now we've got the shortest of all of them, which is the Marvels at an hour and 45. Okay. As I would say, if we were talking about the record longest MCU film, I'll say the same thing. Runtime is no indicator of quality, good or bad. It's just not. An hour, A movie's going to be three hours? Well, we're going to have to wait to see the movie to see if three hours was the right runtime for that movie or not. It's not an indication that it's going to be any worse. It's not an indication it's going to be any better. If they announced that this movie was an hour and 30 minutes instead of an hour and 45, or, uh, yeah, well, it was one hour and 45, it, it, it doesn't make any suggestion to me about whether that's good or bad. We got to see if that's the right runtime for the movie. I'll be honest with you though. I like the sounds of an hour and 45. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I do be- only because of the type of movie viewer I am. I am particularly sensitive, sensitive to when a movie starts to drag in places or when scenes aren't necessary. And one of my common critiques when I come out of a movie, at least half of the movies that come out of, I go, even if I love them, I go, it probably could have been a little tighter it probably could have had more pace. And at an hour and 45, who knows, maybe we'll go in and this will be the slowest, most dragged out movie ever, even at an hour and 45. But at least with an hour and 45, I think it, incre- it suggests to me that they trimmed out a lot. Anything that wasn't necessary isn't in there. Hopefully that's the case. We'll find out when we see it. I'm still very alarmed by the fact that they're not releasing the review embargo until the day before the movie comes out. So, wah, wah. But listen, it's neither a good nor a bad sign, Rob, but I like hearing an hour and 45. I really do. I don't know. You hear about this runtime. It's now confirmed. What do you think?
1: Well, you know, we were talking about this yesterday, and I heard from Christopher Michael Woodburn, who's a longtime viewer of, of uh, us, both of us, and the shows. And he said, you know, Rob, I think you're missing, the, missing something that I'm, I'm really excited to see this movie. And you and I have kind of taken the position that, eh, yeah. Doesn't look and even I've I've like written this off and I remember what I was saying about the first Captain Marvel movie that don't underestimate the female audience. This has three strong women care female characters at its at its core, and maybe we've underestimated this. We're so used to living in our bubble that this movie. I mean, dude, the running time and the embargo gives me pause. Mm. So I'm saying this with a grain of salt. I think we both want this movie to be good.
0: Oh, absolutely we do. Yeah,
1: 100%. I don't know if it's going to be good, but like you, it doesn't matter how long a movie is. But I think there's more excitement around this movie than maybe we're realizing because we tend to get in our bubble. But one hour and 45 minutes, if you were to look at some of your favorite movies of all time, I bet a lot of them would show up around that running time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If people look into it. And I don't think running time, like you just said, is any indication of quality. A great
0: story is a great story, and I hope it's good. You know, I, I got into a discussion with somebody in our comment section the other day, and I hadn't really thought about this. Now, of course, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. I like the first one. I have some reservations, though. The, the review embargo is a, is a massive one to me, and it's been a pretty sterile marketing campaign. But then somebody said this in one of our comment sections yesterday. They said, absolutely no one is excited about this movie. And I thought about that for a second. And I thought, I don't know that that's actually true. Right. Which is funny because I might have said the same thing myself the day before. But but I wrote back to this person. I said, well, there's been excitement about Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. That movie opened to what? $25 million? $24 million? Something like that. I said, the Marvels right now on the low end is projected to make $75 to $80 million in its opening weekend, which and it might be higher than that, which is literally triple the amount of people that went out to go see Martin, a $200 million Martin Scorsese film. That's not to say that this movie is going to be as good as Killers of Flower Moon by any stretch of the imagination. But I said, can we objectively say no one's excited about this movie when they're projecting 75 and who knows, maybe it opens to $30 million, but right now the projections on the low end are saying $75 million. Maybe you're right. Maybe there is more excitement for this than we thought.
1: I think there might be. Cause remember the first movie grossed over a billion dollars yeah. and and the first movie did not. Do you think it was better than say the first Dr. Strange movie that didn't make a billion dollars I mean, it's
0: it's I do not, by the way,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I right. I I think that, look, again, do not underestimate the female audience. You're going to have mothers and daughters who like the first movie that pushed the first first movie over a billion dollars going to this. Our film pundit space, especially on YouTube, is not a fan of this movie, hasn't been a fan of this movie, probably will never be a fan of this movie. But you can't just look there. You have to look at the tracking. You have to look at the fact that the first one was a billion-dollar banger. I mean, maybe not a banger for us. I liked it. I saw it more than once in the yeah, theater. it's
0: not top-shelf MCU. No. I thought it was an enjoyable little movie. I film. liked
1: it. As, you know what? If that movie had come out when I was, like, 12, okay. that was
0: awesome, dude. <laughs> I love the scrolls, man. Yeah, uh, well, we'll see. all t- I mean, and like, that at the end of the day, is, is the movie going to be any good? And, you know, the reason I say sterile and we were talking about this yesterday is because there's really nothing in the trailer so far that has gotten me excited. Like there's nothing in this. There's nothing new They haven't proposed anything in, in the trailers that got me excited at the same time, to be fair, it's not like some other trailers where I've seen things in other trailers for other movies that I've gone, Oh God, that looks bad. There's been nothing in the trailers that turns me off either. It's just been sterile. It's been muted almost in many ways. So I, I, I don't know what we're going in for. I I really don't yet. I
1: I got a question. Yeah. Do you think Shang-Chi is going to be in this movie?
0: You know, you brought that up to me the other day and I, I thought it was possible before. I am growing in that belief. I would almost say it's a coin toss at this point. Again, consider um, Shang-Chi actor Simu Liu, good Canadian kid, by the way, Uh, Simu Liu, made a comment a few months ago that we talked about on the show where he said, you just might see Shang-Chi sooner than you think. He made that comment. And when we look at the marketing materials, at some of the marketing materials for the Marvels, there are references to the Ten Rings. We saw in Ms. Marvel in the TV series when they got the, where they got the bangle was standing on top of a giant engraved Ten Rings symbol on the floor in the ruins. They've been hinting at these connections. And of course, at the end of Shang-Chi, you have Captain Marvel talking to Shang-Chi. That's that's not exactly definitive proof, but I've gone from like a 10% chance to a straight 50-50 coin toss that we actually see Shang-Chi. And I'm going to be very excited if they do because I think Shang-Chi is one of the best things they've made in the last couple of years.
1: And if not Shang-Chi, what about his sister? The 10 rings.
0: (sighs) But she doesn't possess the ring. She's more just
1: like a gangster. But they might go and talk to her about it or somehow something
0: maybe that, that's you know, possible girl power and all that because they remember at the end of Shang-Chi, what did it say? It didn't say Shang-Chi will return at the end of Shang-Chi. The words that came out on screen were the 10 rings shall return. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. All right, guys with that down, let's move on to this. Shall we? Jonathan majors is of course, uh, in the headlines for some great reasons, Loki season two is out. And in my opinion, it's much better than season one was. I'm really enjoying Loki season two, but he's also been in the headlines for the wrong reasons. Obviously, he's got some court problems, some serious allegations and all that kind of stuff. Well, his attorneys submitted a motion to dismiss, basically saying to the court, look, this is not even something that should go to trial. We present this evidence. We think this just needs to be dismissed right now. Well, according to a story and deadline, uh, that's been rejected and the court has ruled that there is enough evidence there that he absolutely needs to stand trial and he lost that motion. This comes just from the folks at Deadline who wrote the following. A New York judge has ruled that actor Jonathan Majors must face trial on domestic abuse charges. In a hearing on Wednesday, New York Supreme Court judge Michael Gaffey denied a defense motion to dismiss the case and set a start date of November 29th for the trial. Gaffey also revealed, now this is interesting, Judge Gaffey also revealed that the defense has filed a new motion under seal that seeks to keep details related to an undisclosed evidentiary matter shielded from public view. Due to the high, this is the defense's case, due to the high profile of the case, not shielding that aspect of the case would lead to intense media scrutiny that it would compromise his client's right to a fair trial. All right. So there's two big major things at play here. Number one, that the judge denied the motion to dismiss. You guys will remember when this all kind of popped up and came to light a number of months ago, Jonathan Major's attorney did this big song and dance saying, oh my God, I have so much evidence that shows my client is innocent. That I can't even tell you about it, but we have so much evidence that my client's innocent. I'm gonna take it to the DA's office and the DA is gonna throw this out. Well, that didn't happen. Despite Jonathan Major's attorney's insistence that they had all this stuff, it's going to, oh, the DA's not even gonna prosecute. The DA looked at everything and said, no, the evidence says we should prosecute. And now it's gone one step further, that they actually brought all this supposed evidence to a judge who has looked at all the evidence, and the judge has said, no, we're not dismissing this. There is clearly enough evidence here that he needs to be, uh, he's got to face trial for this. The other interesting thing here is that, again, going back to his attorney's big assertion that I have all this evidence shows how innocent it is, his attorney has now filed a motion asking that the court not let the public know about some of the evidence that to me. And let me bring up the quote again, bring up the NDI again, the last little paragraph due to the high profile of the case, not shielding that aspect of the case would lead to intense media scrutiny that it would compromise his clients right to a fair trial. Now the judge has not ruled on this motion yet to keep some of the evidence private. Uh, the judge Gaffey is apparently allowing media companies and members of the public to file an objection because obviously the media wants access to a public court case and stuff like that. But they are asking that some evidence, which obviously is going to lead a lot of people to go, well, what evidence are you trying to keep secrets? What evidence, you can take that screen down, Jonathan. What evidence do you not want the public to know about? I thought your your attorney said, we got all this evidence that clearly shows the innocence of our of our client. Well, why are you trying to keep... Now, I do want to point out that it could be something that absolutely does not suggest Jonathan Majors' guilt, but might be personally embarrassing, right? I mean, I know if somebody got into my, I don't know, my text messages, I'm not worried about anybody finding something illegal, but there might be some embarrassing stuff I wouldn't want people to see. Like, I I don't know, for all I know, Jonathan Majors likes to do puppet shows with his dick. (laughs) Anybody? i mean i don't know and that has What's nothing to do with his guilt or not yeah i was gonna say <laughs> i thought that's night, baby yeah. like,
3: we've all been getting together and never mind <laughs>
0: no i was saying something that doesn't at all <laughs> yeah what was suggest that done? his guilt it might just be personally embarrassing right and maybe something like the attorney said that would subject him to real media scrutiny because you know if the media got their hands on something Not that, but something like that, it would be very embarrassing and and maybe affect his ability to have a fair trial. Look, something else I need to point out. The judge denying their motion to dismiss the case, what that tells us is that there is enough evidence that he does need to face trial. But it does not mean he's guilty. He could very well still now face trial. There have been a lot of cases where a motion to dismiss is denied, but they go on to be found not guilty, right? That could absolutely be the case here. So there's a lot of stuff in here. I know Marvel is just like, can we please get this whole thing over with so we can— Pick a direction that we need to go in. Anyway, Rob, you read about the details and everything here that we've seen. What's your reaction to this?
1: Well, to me, it's a little disappointing because I really like Jonathan Majors as a performer. I mean, loved him in Creed, you know.
0: He's fabulous. I love him as an actor.
1: He's so good. And everything I've seen him in, I've really enjoyed him. And you know, I wanted to see him have a flourishing career. I want to see this Matt, is it magazine, the body
2: magazine dreams. Magazine, magazine dreams, dreams. Really wanna see magazine yeah. dreams. Looking
1: forward to that. Um and this is, you know, this is unfortunate because this this could be a career destroying case, depending on what comes out. So I'm hoping for the best. I hope justice is served. But um, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see. It it gives me no pleasure to hear about this. Um
0: I remember when this first came came up, I made the comment that I hope it's not true. And that's some people coming out at me and saying like, so you're saying you want him to get away with it? I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm hoping it's not true. I'm not and, saying I want him to get away with it if he's guilty. Yeah, not at all. I'm just saying as a fan of his, to say that. I hope that what the evidence will show is that he's not guilty, that he didn't do it. 100%. But if he if he did do it... Then, yes, accountability needs.
1: Yeah, that's why I say I hope justice is served. And when you can say that either way, innocent, guilty, whatever, whatever is the truth, it should
0: come out and and the truth shall prevail. Here's something interesting is going to be now. What does the judge do with this motion to seal some of the evidence? What what like because look, we are all children at heart. We had never had any intention of going into that drawer until mom said, don't ever open that drawer. <laughs> now I must open the drawer. Like I, I have to admit now I want to know what is this? Evidence oh, on! Come on. I, look, I'm not saying it's mature. I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> I'm just admitting it. Come on. Well, We're all curious to know, but, but
1: you're not wrong in the sense that why would this, why would this be uh, this? This is evidence that's been presented that people want sealed. That's never a good sign because they're saying it'll be prejudicial to a jury and it'll be prejudicial to the the public at large and to future employers. So
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this all turns out again. Now, the start date is November 29th. Again, I'm going to maintain the position i voice at. I hope it's not true. I really do. I am very curious to find out what is the stuff they want to keep sealed. Uh, but hopefully once the court case starts, they can get through it rather quickly and get to whatever determination they're going to get to. And for now, we'll just keep watching Loki Season 2 and try to forget about the drama that's going on in the courts there right now. All right, guys. With all that down, we're now going to move over and start taking... Your live comments and questions. Of course, we're going to get to the topics that our beloved YouTube channel members have sent in. But if you're watching live, you have the opportunity to fire in a comment or question for us to address, at least for the next couple of minutes while we leave the Super Chats open for a little bit longer. But before we do, we're going to take another moment and thank another sponsor of the John Campus Show podcast today, my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Dot com slash Campia. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at MintMobile.com slash Campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode. All right, guys, with that down, let's get over and start taking your questions here, shall we? Jonathan, what do we got up first?
3: We got Christian uh, Baby who says, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend and I were having a little bit of a debate and I was curious about your input, John. Which MCU movie do you like more? The very first Guardians of the Galaxy or Captain America Winter
0: Soldier, mm-hmm. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Tell you what, a month ago, I easily, without any hesitation, would have said Winter Soldier. Because of my wife's obsession with Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and re-watching all the Guardian stuff, including the Christmas special, multiple times, I sat down with her a couple of weeks ago and re Guardians of the Galaxy 1. And it's been a while since I did. I forgot, Rob, how extraordinary that movie is. That movie is... Fantastic! You know, whenever I think about my top 10 MCU, I never really thought of the first Guardians, but it absolutely deserves to be in there. It's incredible. I still think I would lean towards Winter Soldier, though. It's It was like the first Marvel film that really transcended just the comic book genre, became that 70s political thriller of what it was. And there are a lot of people who actually think that Winter Soldier might be the greatest comic book film of all time. I think I'd put a couple above it, but they're both worthy I would say Winter Soldier. What about you, Rob?
1: I'm going to go with you because look, Guardians could exist without the MCU. If there was no MCU and they just made a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it'd be
0: great. And the MCU could exist without Guardians of the
1: Galaxy. Absolutely. But Winter Soldier, to me, was when the MCU cemented itself as one of the greatest franchises of all time. Mm. It was great Mm. already but that film and what it had to say and the fact that they brought in a really big political bent really added to the MCU overall. The performances were great. Uh, It's a fantastic film.
3: All right, what's next? DigiPock says Netflix did the same thing last year with the mole game show. Week one was five episodes, week two, three episodes, and week three, two.
0: Yeah, like I said, over the last couple of years, they have started to experiment with this format. Um, and they're continuing on here. This is a great one to continue that experiment with. I'd like to see them now start graduating onto again, like they did it with arcane. They released it in three batches. They're going to do it with squid game. I'd like to see them now start to extend that out maybe yeah. four weeks, five weeks. Uh, but I think that is the direction they're going in. And I think they're going to see, they're going to have a lot of success with this, with squid game. And I think maybe next time a show like this comes around, they're going to stretch it out more. All right. What's next?
3: I think with five, you're better off. Cause you could do two at a time. Mm. Um, Vixter uh, writes, look out for the killer at cinemas from this weekend for just a couple of weeks. Shame it's not theatrical longer. It's great.
0: Fassbender is fab. I have been fascinated with this movie for for a long, ever since I heard its first synopsis. Look, I don't know that there is an actor out there who really needs a great movie right now more than Michael Fassbender. We went through a number of years where Fassbender was considered maybe top 10, top 7, top 8 in the business. He was getting Oscar buzz. He was getting all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, through no fault of his own, he appeared in a string of shit fates movies, (laughs) like just awful garbage movies. And it really killed this thing. Now he's he's got uh, next goal wins coming coming yeah. out, which I'm actually very excited to see. They sh- played a trailer for that again yesterday, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I hope Killer's good. I thought the trailer looked great. Uh, I want to see Michael Fassbender back at the top of the mountain. So uh, let's go. All right, what's next?
3: Shamrock Vibe says, won our last rugby match. Got a crack in my ribs, so I'm resting. Uh, do girls play American football? Is it shown on TV? Is it a big sport? I have played against girls from New Zealand and Australia amateurs.
0: No, there is no uh, women's like league. contact football league or anything like that. There have been stories about like high school teams. Uh-huh. And, and I remember once even one of the U.S. college teams, I think, had a, a female punter. Not punter, but uh, place kicker. So there, it happens there from time to time, but it's such a physical sport. Like, yeah, there's speed, there's agility, all that is part of football, but just brute physical, you know, collisions and stuff like that is also part of it as well. So you're not going to see it be as prevalent as maybe, I think, you know, you have a better chance of maybe someday seeing a female player in the NBA or seeing a female player in, in another sport like that, but probably not football. All right, what's next? Um, Walter, oh,
3: got to scroll this down a little bit. Uh, scroll up. up. Uh, Walter White Walker says, just visited Kennedy Space Center. As Ooh. always, this place brought a tear to my eye, maybe even more so with uh, For All Mankind, Fresh on My Mind, amazing.
0: I've never been to the Space Center. I've, I got to admit, I've never felt an urge. I'm not one of these people who's always been fascinated with space travel or anything like that, despite the fact that I'm a sci-fi junkie. I've been to the one in Florida, not Texas, not like Mission Control. Oh, that's right, because it's in Houston, right? Mm-hmm. Rob, have you ever yeah. been to the
1: Dude? I went to a schmodown event and my hotel oh, I forgot about was that. across right. the street from oh, there. Dull. And I I was like a kid in a candy store. It's funny because I had security kick me off <laughs> kick me off the grounds. Because when I found out it was it was there, I walked over at night. You know, and I'm like trying to peek over the fence and I walked somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be. And the guard was nice about it. But I'm like, dude, this is the most amazing. I'm at the Kennedy Space Center in, you know, Houston. But then I went back the next day and it was
0: amazing because you can go into a space shuttle. It was great. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did our own Chris Carr not work yeah. there before? Yeah, she, yeah she worked there, right? She did. Yeah, totally forgot about that. All right, what's next?
3: Patrick Hamilton writes: The updated price for Apple TV is worth it. Probably my new favorite show, Silo, just itself is worth paying. Away. That's another one. We another great about. banger it's of Silo. Yeah, foundation, people are loving. Okay,
0: Foundation, Silo, Invasion. Yes, <laughs> I'm not going to go with Invasion. Uh, foundation, uh, Shrinking, Ted Lasso, Morning Show. I mean, it just Severance. It, severance. The list list keeps going. They have really been killing it. Like, absolutely. I think silly. A Sleeper has
3: been Slow Horses. Not a lot of people view it, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, you
0: know, listen, I've never heard one person say a bad thing about it. So, I mean, they've just been, the only one that I have not liked, that I've straight up not liked, despite the fact that I love the lead guy in it, was Jason Momoa's C. C. I yeah. didn't like C at all. Yeah. But other than that, almost everything I've watched on Apple TV. But Slow Horses the, horse is the right. Gary Oldman spy show. Yeah. yeah. That's another great show.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Good. All right. What's next? Okay. Um, Asper writes Hi Bob. Uh, for all mankind yeah. after show. Uh oh, that would be a good night like, after show like title. Hi Bob. It's a little, little late, uh, but yeah, yeah they mean,
1: don't do it anymore. I dude, I I mean Ray Ora and I should do an after show, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> you
0: know what you the two of you should
1: do? Seriously? Go to space. Sock no, a, a for oh. all
0: mankind from episode one one, a, a rewatch yeah, like a retrospective. We've talked about that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, retrospective leading up to Leading up to the yeah. next season or whatever. Yep. And we have to buy spacesuits. <laughs> and we have to do it with helmet on. <laughs> you guys could do it outside the sp- the Kennedy Space Center with flashlights. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys just light yourselves oh, with flashlights. Lights. We'll
0: finance the whole thing. Every week, fly down to <laughs> Texas. And get kicked
3: out a different way every week.
0: <laughs> They're just running with a portable microphone, <laughs> running in front of the guards. Oh, why, why aren't you amused by this, Rob? Mm. All right, what's next?
3: <laughs> Walter White Walker's back. Oh, no, he. I already read that one. Devin Lita says... have you kept up with the latest controversy
0: surrounding sniper woof taking live footage of Jack's films home. Okay. So this is, I'm not gonna spend long on this, but um, I talked a little bit about this the other day about like uh, I did an open mic where I was focusing about reaction content. Right. And I said, you know, there's two different types. There's reaction where it's just people going, "woo," but then there's commentary. Like there's, there's, there's stuff called reaction when it's not really reaction. It's it's people going through something, stopping, and then contributing, like giving observations, commentary, punditry, context, like talking through it, and then continuing on. And there was a controversy going on on YouTube about this YouTuber that I had never heard of before. This called Sniper Wolf, and there was another popular YouTuber, Jack's Films. Jack's Films who I also, before this, I'd never heard of. It's all fine. I'm sure they've never heard of me either. But where Jack's Films was really pointing out that this sniper wolf is just a thief. Now, I, I'm i not saying that. I don't watch the content, so I don't know. But it was basically saying this sniper wolf doesn't do anything with these videos. She literally just steals other people's videos and then goes, what? and And all that kind of stuff. So Jack's Films was kind of calling out that thing. And I talked about that a little bit on open mic. For those of you who have not seen, though, it took a drastic turn. Rob, I don't know if you heard about
1: this. Oh, I yes, I've been keeping oh, up man. with the, yes. So,
0: look, I, I I said when I was doing my open mic, I don't have any opinion on this because, I mean, yeah, it, it does seem a little shade just stealing people's content and going woo-woo to it, and you get millions of views when the people who create the content don't get any, and taking out their watermarks and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, whatever, that's YouTube drama that I don't pay much attention to, but... For those of you who didn't hear about this, I guess this Sniper Wolf girl got real butthurt about Jack Films. And look, look, maybe Jack Films was obsessing over Sniper Wolf a little too much, granted, but she crossed a fucking line. Yeah. This Sniper Wolf girl with her millions of followers on Instagram and ever, she actually made a video going to his fucking house showed his address he's inside with his wife and i i'm 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 look i'm going to tell you this honestly i contemplated leaving youtube because youtube did nothing about it no they were like she's sorry she made money for them youtube did nothing about it she literally went listen you fucking asshole you literally now just put that guy's life in danger. Because if you don't think out of your millions of followers that there's some really stupid, unbalanced people who are among them, there is an, an old saying. Uh, uh, it was one of King Henry's said, if only somebody would rid me of this meddlesome priest. Henry II. Henry II, right? What happened? A couple of knights interpreted that as our king wants us to go and kill this Bishop, and they went and killed him. Going at look, everybody, here's this guy's house. Blah, blah blah. You have literally just put that guy's fucking life in danger. You put his wife's life in danger. You fucking asshole. Like I'm, I'm this girl does not just need to be removed from YouTube. She should fucking be in jail. Wasn't she demonetized by YouTube? They so say. Rarely. They say. Oh, for or something like that, like for a week or something like this. Yeah, it was
1: like a slap on the wrist. This
0: girl needs to face criminal prosecution. They literally shut down. She literally put somebody's life in yeah. danger.
3: And they've shut down channels because they joked
0: about doxing somebody. Yeah. And then she did it. Yeah. And like she didn't mean it. It was a joke. And and listen, I it's it's so funny. I've I've got a wonderful YouTube rep. I do have a wonderful YouTube rep who's been trying to get me for about a week now. And I've just not responded to her because Like I'm trying to calm down for this because I seriously feel like I need to say to them, look, you need to show me you're doing something more because I don't know that I want to be on this platform. I'm ready to retire. I'm ready to straight up retire. So I don't give a fuck. Like I'm in a place right now I can retire. So I don't give a fuck. But I don't know that I want to be on this platform anymore. If this platform is going to be doling out justice to people like Jonathan pointed out, people who got removed from the platform for joking about maybe doxing somebody later to one of your little crown jewels because they make more money for you. She literally put people's lives at risk. And I've seen a lot of YouTube videos of people condemning what she did. No, no that's not enough. Somebody could have fucking got killed. And she needs to be in fucking jail. Not just removed, from, not demonetized, not temporarily suspended. She needs to be removed from this. There's one thing making mistakes we all open our mouth and then tomorrow think I should not have said that that, that happens. But the idiotic things I may say about an opinion about star Wars or about what I think about this hair, whatever she literally put somebody's life in danger. Also, it be premeditated and it was, pre, it was premeditated. And, it was premedita- it
1: was premeditated yeah. and she went, she went something, she did something that was specifically designed to harm. Yes. It, the, the intent yes. was to harm.
3: Well, she had to travel there. It's not like they live next to she you. Had
2: she had a shoot there. But then, come yeah, on, Yeah, she man. had a shoot
3: there. She was shooting whenever, his house.
2: <laughs> whenever you get over the age of 30, it's time to start doing, like, uh, she handling, did, she didn't like handling she, your problems yeah, in
3: a much more mature way. She didn't like that she I'll, was getting what,
0: called out, and none of it was false. So, If she had done that to me, you know what? I'm going to refrain from saying what I was about <laughs> to say. That's but it wouldn't have thing. been good. Yeah. Like, th- this, they need to take action. They have to take real action because if they don't, if they don't, yep. nobody is safe. It sets yeah, it will happen. To precedent, others. nobody is safe. Uh, well, oh, it's it's sorry, i just I like it. It really infuriated me. I, was, I haven't brought it up and talked about it on the show, and I kind of wish you hadn't brought it up either because it really upset me. Who? This guy sitting at home Who did that. His Let's wife go get him. And like, <laughs> oh my god, who's the viewer that asked that? We yeah. can't
3: dox him, man. We can't we can't call him out. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway,
0: all right, anyway, let's move on here. Sorry about that, guys. By the way, What's I, wa- I
3: wanted—I meant to mention at the top, Gray Fox, uh, this is a segue, but gifted five memberships. So thank you, Gray Fox. Thank
0: you, Gray yeah, Fox. Thank you,
3: Gray Fox. Thanks, Thanks Gray for Fox. bringing
0: something fun and, and joyous into this miserable conversation.
3: <laughs> What's next? Uh, Seconds from Disaster writes, uh, I watched the new Transformers and liked it a lot until they gave the main character an Iron Man suit. Oh. Is Oprah <laughs> giving
0: out these suits or something? Yeah, now, now, to, to be fair to the movie, you know, Spike and whatever in the original ca- cartoon shows would get these exoskeleton suits, yeah. right? I mean, so I, I, I'll i give them a little bit of pass on that because it's not a big stretch from what the old 80s cartoon did, right? Which is before they started handing out Iron Man cost uh, outfits like candy. So I'll give them a little bit of pass. But I, even though I give it a pass, I'm not going to lie that I also did a little bit of an eye roll when they basically gave him his own Iron Man suit. A little bit. A little bit.
3: All right, what's next? By the way, speaking of Transformers, I'm just going to segue real quick. Did you know that Hasbro has a 24-hour live feed of G.I. Joe cartoons? Yes.
0: I did not know that. It's I just a not.
3: running feed of G.I. Joe on Hasbro, like <laughs> the old original cartoons. That's actually 24/7. pretty cool. I'm going to have to go look at that. Uh, Time
0: anyway. for some Pentor revisiting.
2: Yeah. yeah. So he could get his butt kicked in one fight.
3: <laughs> Never return again. Great Fox with some support. Thank you so much. Um, and then Matt sent, uh, Matt sends a super chat, been doing a deep dive into Carpenter's movies. Uh, of course, the best are Halloween and the thing, but other greats of his are Christine. Christine. They live. I wanted to see the re-release of they live in theaters. Vampires uh, thoughts
0: on those. Uh, look, one of the most unpopular beliefs and opinions that I have <laughs> about movies is that the original Halloween is not actually that good. <laughs> so I know, I know, I know, um, Man, it. But Christine, I love. There was something about the the burn pace of that movie. Um, <laughs> that I I love that movie. I think that movie's great. I don't know, Rob. What about you,
1: dude? I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. I mean, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince Superman of Darkness. So I mean, in the Mouth of Madness. Even go back to watch his first film, Dark Star, Assault on Precinct 13. Ah, oh, yeah, he's
0: got a lot of great stuff. All right, what's next? All right, we'll move on
3: to tips here. Or not, t- I don't want to keep saying tips, but our member chats. Uh, the Super Ranger Mud Truck writes Have you seen the movie Hyena Road? It's pretty good. It's about the Canadian Army trying to pull or build a
0: road in the Middle East. A decent flick. I mean, honestly, I've never even heard of it. But uh, now that you mentioned I'm going to have to go and see if I can find it try to check it out. All right, what's next? Yulatan writes um,
3: I rewatched Mission Impossible One recently and I forgot how beautiful that movie was filmed. I love it. Stephen Burham's, uh postmodern cinematography was masterful. That movie had no business looking that good. Uh, I wish they would revisit that well. It bookend. Wait. I wish they would revisit that uh, well to bookend book the, the franchise.
0: Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, this is going to sound weird to say it's too old to revisit it to bookend the franchise. There are people, most people who are watching this franchise, well, not most, there's a good number of people who watch the Mission Impossible films who weren't alive when the first one came out. I mean, it sounds weird to say, but it's true. Um, You know, it's funny, mentioning the first one, which was quite good. I I think there have been many that have been better. But you know, I am still amazed to this day that Mission Impossible has even still survived Mission Impossible 2, because Mission Impossible Two was a bad film. No, and and I am when you look back on it, like how did this get a third movie? And I'm glad it did because we've gotten some fabulous movies out of it. But how did it survive Mission Impossible Two, Rob?
1: Dude, I just watched Mission Impossible Two again, I'm sorry. and I no, I, <laughs> I I love John Woo, but what's weird about that movie is. Tom Cruise, like, falls in love with Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton, like, heads off with her old boyfriend, who's the villain. And, like, Tom Cruise has to rescue Tandy Newton from his house. Like, that's the movie. It's not even a really it, – it, it, with doves flying around gunfights. I mean, it, it, Dude, it's the such a moment, moment they weird.
3: locked, like, sultry eyes as their cars were spinning out of
1: control oh, near awesome. a cliff, I'm like – Oh, that's the best. When should they first I leave meet on right cliff. now? It's great. Come on. I love it. <laughs> but that movie's weird. It's yeah. just a weird, and you watch it, and weird I'm like, bad it's it beautifully is. photographed and all that, but man, it's weird. And then the next movie, Ethan Hunt's got a new girlfriend, and he's, like, going to get married and lives in her house. It starts out with, like, a party. You
0: it's- know what also stands up to me a lot about it? When I think when I talk about deceptive movie trailers, that was the first movie that I was like, what the hell? Because when you watch the trailers for Mission Impossible, half the trailer is Anthony Hopkins. Like, right. Half the trailer is Anthony Hopkins. He's in the movie for three minutes. And, so it's like, yeah. and it's like, like you watch the trailer for it, it's like starring Tom Cruise and Anthony Hopkins. It's like what? Well that you know, because
1: I watched all the movies going leading up to Dead Reckoning. And when you get to like Ghost Protocol, it's like, oh, yeah, the fourth movie, they finally figured this franchise out. Yeah, you know what? I like the third. I thought I, third- I, I I liked them. I liked all three of them, but yeah. they're all weird movies. But the first one is like this totally different. Film noir thriller Brian De Palma movie that's way different from two and three, and then it finally is like, oh, now we figured out what we're going to do, and Ghost Protocol is great.
0: All right, what's next? Uh,
3: real quick, I by accident miss Aspor's comment here. I want Black Cat in the next Spider
0: Man movie. I don't really care about what characters they put in these movies because it, it it really just comes down to do they write the whatever characters they do put in well. I always go back to this one, Doctor Doom unarguably one of the greatest comic book villains in history. They put him in three movies and, at, and they didn't make any of those movies good, right? It's all about how you write the character. So you start with your story, then worry about which characters you want to put in there. All right, what's next?
3: Uh, Alan writes, Happy Wednesday can't be a crew. I have decided to get the ad version of Disney Plus due to the price increase. Do we know if there will be ads during movies? Yep. I feel that ads
0: during movies ruin the flow, so that would be annoying. Oh, there absolutely is going to be ads in the movies. 100%. Yeah. You want to pay the cheaper price for the ad supported? You're going to get ad supported. But Ray was actually just complaining. What were you talking about, Ray, with about the ad supported? I was saying, when I was watching
2: the last episode of Loki, it felt like the two or three ads that came on they came during in the middle of like important conversations when you're in like in the mix of like a, a show. Like that's what annoys me about if you whoever has still has cable television, especially like movies on TNT. Right before something cool happens or like maybe the tr- or, or in the middle of the Rocky training montage, they'll cut to a commercial like nobody <laughs> goes through it and goes, hey, which they shouldn't. I understand. But Loki is one new episode per week you got to have somebody there going okay this is a good part where to put the ad in because it broke from my actual viewing of loki i actually had to rewind to figure out what the conversation was about because the ad was so long and it broke in the middle of it It, it, it's just something that annoyed me i'm pretty sure that uh i'm hoping it annoyed other people unless i'm just being like a a complainer right now.
3: <laughs> but yeah. All right, what's next? And then that reminded me that on Monday I had missed this one because it popped in right when we were ending the show. Uh, Frankie C. just says they cut through. Actually, I answered that on open I answered that on open mic yesterday. I saw yeah. that and
0: I was like, I don't think we covered that. We didn't, so I made sure I made a point of answering that on open mic yesterday.
3: All right. Uh, Red One writes, uh, I was thinking about the genesis of MCU and was curious when Disney acquired Marvel, was there no attempt from Paramount to try to counter that bid and continue producing MCU films? I completely forgot that Paramount was behind the first few MCU, MCU movies and was curious why they never tried to keep their hands off its IP.
0: Because in buying Marvel, first of all, at the time, the IP never showed itself to be all that profitable, mm-hmm. right? like We always think in terms of what we know it to be now, but at the time, there was really no evidence that it was going to be monstrous or big or huge. Also... Selling Marvel, you they weren't just buying rights to the movies. They were buying the Marvel company. And there's probably a lot of that that Paramount had no interest in owning. I don't think Paramount had any interest in being in the comic book business or being in all that kind of stuff. So it's a little bit more complex than that. Look, did Paramount probably make a few phone calls about, hey, can we keep making, be part of these movies? I'm sure that happened. But, you know, when they looked at what the risk was at Disney. Now, again, we all look back and say, that wasn't a risk. Oh, it was. It was a risk. Uh, they got it for the right price, Disney did. But yeah, there was, it was just a little bit more complicated than just trying to get the rights to do certain movies. It was like, it was an entire facet of the business that Paramount probably didn't want to have any part of. And at the time, who knew the kind of money it could make? All right, what's next?
3: We got uh, CJ Rebirth who writes I'm loving the second season of Loki so far a lot more than the first one. And a few times now I've wanted to have McDonald's after. You should have it during. <laughs> Uh, I'm also relieved that they didn't have Sylvie kill uh,
0: Victor Timely in last week's episode. Would have been kind of repetitive uh, <laughs> had had they done that. Yeah, look, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm really preferring this season of Loki so far over um, season one. Now, Marvel shows tend to have strong starts to their shows. I liked the first episode of She-Hulk. We saw where that went. I really liked the first episode of Obi-Wan. We saw where that went. Right? They tend to start strong. We'll see if Loki season two can end strong, but so far I'm really liking what we're getting. All right, time for two more. What's next?
3: All right, we've got King Daddy Goat who says, Hey everyone, John, I couldn't help but think you looked like Eugene Levy and Ernest Borgnine had a baby. That was yesterday's uh <laughs> Anyway, oh, when I had the
0: uh, when yeah. I had
3: the outfit on. Um, I don't think this case looks good for majors. With all that that been said today, uh, do you see a positive outcome? Because my optimism has faded fast. Thanks,
0: bring on on the filthy. Absolutely, hundred percent. Again, look. Let let me emphasize this. The two things keep in mind: the fact that the judge denied the motion to dismiss. What that tells us is there is enough evidence and proof there that the judge feels he needs to go to trial for this. Going to trial does not mean guilty, right? It, it should be in no way being interpreted as a sign of guilt. It just says there is enough there that it warrants a trial. And many times, motions to dismiss lose, like Jonathan Majors did, but the person still goes on to be found not guilty, right? So it, it is it should not be interpreted as a sign of guilt. The only reason it becomes interesting to me is, again, going back to this big song and dance that not Majors, but Majors' lawyer made when all this started saying, oh, I've got so much obvious evidence that this isn't even going to go to trial. The DA is going to throw this out right away. What did the DA do? The DA said, no, there's a lot of evidence here that says we should be prosecuting this, so we're going to prosecute it. Well, then all that evidence, you file the motion to dismiss and it goes in front of the judge. And the judge looked at it and goes, "No, there's sufficient evidence here that he should be standing trial for this." And now we're hearing that his lawyer is going, "Hey, a judge can uh, know, can uh, we not let the public know about some of the evidence?" And and that again, that is not an indication of guilt. I'm just saying it really piques a lot of our curiosity. So yes, there absolutely is is many ways that this could still go in Jonathan Majors's favor. Absolutely. Um, so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about much more until we start hearing what the actual evidence is, until the trial starts, depending on how much evidence we're allowed to know about. And uh, we'll see where that goes then. All right, last one. What's next? All right, Imperial
3: Executioner writes, hey, crew, there are many images of the boys cast in Gen V, like posters on the wall, marketing materials, et cetera. Would those actors from the boys get to see and approve those materials, or would the studio have ask for some leeway to make stuff like that for the Gen
0: V show. Thanks, you are all awesome. Nope, they don't need any permission whatsoever. Especially if those images... Now look, if they wanted the guy who played the Deep, well, that's not a good example because the Deep was in Gen V. (laughs) He physically was there. But let's say uh, Queen Maeve. They got the girl who played uh, Queen Maeve and they wanted her to come in for a photo shoot to use photos in there. Oh yeah, she would have been paid for that. But if they just took like still images from stuff they already shot, um, they're, they're allowed to use that. That's different from them recreating her in CGI and recreating her character pictures on the wall of something that was already in, in the universe. I I don't think they need their permission, nor do they get compensated for that. And I'll be, I, I don't think they should for a still image. I don't know. What do you think, Rob?
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if they brought somebody in to shoot a bit, they'd have to be paid for that day. And, you know, it's also a scale if you don't say anything, if an actor just comes in and doesn't have doesn't speak words. That's all part of how much somebody gets paid. You know, it's 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 an extra role. But they might have given him a stipend of some kind.
0: Yeah, I doubt it. I know (laughs) I doubt of it maybe All right, guys with that down that'll do it for today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast thank you so much for being here making this show part of your day big special thank you to all of our YouTube channel members and those of you in the live chat who sent in super chats number one because you gave us great fun things to talk about but number two you supported our channel as you did it and all of us involved with the show thank you guys so very much for your support don't forget to come on back and join us again for tomorrow's episode. So I want to thank the people in the room with me, Ray Ora, right. Jonathan Voico, Later. Writer, director, producer, Robert Meyer Burnett. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>